Father God, would you please speak to us, I pray now, through your word. Help us to hear your voice speaking to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please be seated. Well, a new year offers us the promise of new beginnings, of fresh starts. Um, We can press the reset button, so long as it is reset and not overload. That is a quip that some of you who are diplomats uh, will, that that, that will send some of those of you who are diplomats into a cold sweat. But anyway, today our reading is about a new beginning, a fresh start. We read about Jesus' baptism and the promise that Jesus' baptism has for each of us. And we also will be celebrating Anna's baptism. And as we do that, we remember our own baptism. Because baptism is about a new beginning. It's about a fresh start. Baptism is about living under a new Lord, under the true Lord. John the Baptist was a bit of a celebrity. People came to him. He had a name. They looked to him as a spiritual leader. And yet John recognises the authority of Jesus. He says, he is more powerful than me. I'm not worthy even to bow down and untie his shoelaces. In many Orthodox churches, in the dome, as you look up, there's an image of Christ, the ruler of all. That is the Christ who John speaks of here. One of the questions that I'm about to ask um, Anna, and of course Ben and Tatiana and John, her her godfather, uh, that they will need to answer for her because they speak for her and they'll continue to speak for her for the next few years or until she's able to say no. (laughs) One of the questions I'm going to ask them is, do you submit to the Lordship of Christ? In the United Kingdom, if a shop is taken over by another, by someone else, then often a sign will appear in the window which says, under new management. When a person is baptised, when they submit to Christ, they come under new management. We make a decision that we will no longer live for the old lords, For things like, oh, I don't know, I mean, for each of you it will be different things, like popularity or work or respect or money or comfort or family or children or what the New Testament calls the desires of the flesh. But actually, we're incredibly inconsistent creatures. We have a pantheon of little lords, of little gods, of little idols, At one point we live for one, at the next another. Here I try to please this person, there I try to please that desire. In that situation I try to protect myself from danger. In this situation I try to please myself. But when we are baptised, 
We are saying that in all situations, in all things, our intention is to put him first. We have a new Lord. We're under new management. Secondly, baptism is about a new way of life. John calls people to repentance. He proclaims a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Repentance is not just about saying sorry for the past. It is that, but it's also a decision to turn away from rebellion against God, from sin. It's about making the decision to live facing towards God rather than facing away from God. It's about choosing to begin to live life in the light of the presence and the love and the mercy of God. I'd love to tell you what the new way of life would look like for you to give you a new set of rules to live by. But when we do that, if you think about it, what becomes our new Lord is a new set of rules, not a person. Yes, there are the Ten Commandments, there are the many laws and commands that were given in the Old Testament and the New Testament, laws that rightly understood teach us the way of wisdom. But it is theoretically possible to obey all the commandments, to live a virtuous and an upright life, and still lose God. The Pharisees, the religious leaders of the time, were good people. They did keep the laws religiously, but they made the laws their God rather than the God who gave them the laws. They came to serve the law, to put their trust in the law, and not in the God who had given them the law. On one occasion, a rich man comes to Jesus and tells him that he has obeyed all the commandments, but that he realises that something is missing from his life. Jesus doesn't contradict him. Instead, he tells him, what you lack is this, sell all you have and give your money to the poor, and, and this is the important bit, come follow me. Become one of my disciples. Literally, go where I go, sleep where I sleep, eat what I eat, walk on the road with me. When Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He was, if you think about it, remarkably unhelpful. He said that the greatest command is not about what you must do, but how you should relate. He tells us that we are to love, to love God and to love our neighbour as if they're one of your own. So no, I can't tell you what the new life will look like for you. It's about a journey together with the Lord Jesus. Of course, while you can obey the commandments and lose God, it is difficult to stay close to Jesus and to break the spirit of the commandments. But this new way of life is an adventure, 
an adventure in which we begin to see God in new ways, this world in new ways, other people in new ways, and ourselves in new ways. And as a result, we begin to live in a new way. I was um, explaining to someone my very profound thoughts about how Orthodox and Anglican spiritualities take you on slightly different journeys. By the way, I'm being a bit ironic when I talk about my very profound thoughts. But this is just one way that I look on it. In Orthodoxy, you go into a church and we are told metaphorically to get down on our knees and to submit to the rules of the church. You meet with the Jesus who is other than you, as holy as Lord. But then, as you worship, you hopefully begin to meet with the person of the Lord Jesus, with his love and his beauty, and he lifts you up onto your feet. In Anglicanism, you go into a church and you begin as you are, we treat God as our mate, our friend. We assume that God is like me, that he has the same values as me, and that he's in the business of making life better for me. But then as we worship, we encounter the Lord Jesus, and we begin to glimpse his glory and his otherness, his holiness, and we're driven to our knees. Is one way better than the other? I don't know. What I do know is that as we go with him on this journey, we learn to both kneel before him as our Lord and to walk with him as one who is beloved and intimate with him. And baptism is about a new presence. John says, I have baptised you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. When we begin this new life, we are not on our own. We are not able to begin to live this new way of life if we are on our own. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit that comes from the Father, the Spirit that lived in Jesus comes and lives in us and guides us into truth. By faith, we believe that the Holy Spirit will come into Anna when she is baptised. And that as she grows in the faith, supported by Ben and Tatiana, she will learn to listen to the Spirit and to be guided by the Spirit. And at that moment when she is able to make a decision for herself, she will simply continue in the faith that she has grown up in. I pray for her that there will never be a time when she does not know Jesus. Of course, many of us, for whatever reason, we were baptised maybe as infants or maybe even as adults, but then for whatever reason we drifted away. Maybe it was willful rebellion. Maybe it was for some other reason. But we have extinguished the light, the flame of the Spirit and we are lost. But I'm not sure that the Spirit ever completely goes away. And Holy Spirit is constantly calling us to come back to the Lord Jesus, to turn back to him, to make a new beginning. 
And while we hear God speaking to us, there is always the possibility of another reset, of another fresh start. And baptism is fourthly about a new identity. A voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. Jesus was baptised, and when we're baptised, we're joined together with Jesus. Baptism is actually your funeral service. You die to your old self. But it is also your wedding service when you are united with Jesus. We have many identities in this world. Our family relationships define us, our work defines us, our race or sex define us. Indeed, in these days of identity politics, we're encouraged to think that our race or our gender or our sexuality defines us. But as baptised people, we put that on one side and we take on the identity of Jesus. We're given a new dignity, whether we're black or white, Russian or African, male or female, whether we've identified ourselves as heterosexual or homosexual or whatever else, we become instead sons and daughters of God, brothers and sisters, fellow heirs of heaven. A child was asked in an exam to write what John the Baptist said to Jesus when he was baptised. He couldn't remember, so he made something up. He wrote, John the Baptist said to Jesus, Well, now that you are the Son of God, live like one. As baptised people, we have a new identity. We are sons and daughters of God. We bear the name of God. But we are called to live as sons and daughters of God. With the help of the Holy Spirit to live in love and in holiness. In obedience and in trust. I finish with an illustration. Imagine that we are a ship at sea, but we're using the wrong maps and we're sailing in completely the wrong, wrong direction. Think of yourself as one of those huge tankers in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and you're sailing in the wrong direction with the wrong maps. Baptism is when we turn the ship through 180 degrees and sail in the opposite direction. It's a completely new start, a new beginning. Many of you will have made that decision to say, yes, I want to live. I want to live under the Lordship of Jesus. I want to live a holy life in obedience to him. I want to live in his presence. I want to live as a daughter, as a son of God. But baptism is also a map that is given to us. A map that reminds those who have been baptised, whether as an infant or as an adult, it doesn't matter, 
that we do have a new Lord, a new way of living, a new presence with us, and a new identity. You see, then as we sail for various reasons, we begin to lose our way. Maybe we fall asleep at the wheel. Maybe we get distracted by something. Maybe there is a storm and we veer off course. But we're not lost. As baptised people, we can always turn again to the map and choose to steer back towards the right way, towards God. And maybe a new year is as good a time to do that as any. We can choose again today to make a fresh start.